Blog Talk Radio. Well, good evening, good afternoon, good morning. Whatever applies to you, ladies and gentlemen, whichever of those applies to you. My name is Rick Lupert. Welcome to Poetry Superhighway Live. It's our monthly open reading hosted by me on behalf of the Poetry Superhighway, an online resource for all of your poetry needs. I'm not sure if that's true. We are an online resource and we do. Well, we do a lot. Maybe we do service all of your needs. Some of them, at any rate. That's our hope. My hope today is that you'll call in and read a poem. The number is 646-716-7362. We have no content or style restrictions. We just ask that you be brave, dial the number, call in, and I'd be happy to put you on the air. You can read a poem. You can tell us what's going on in your poetry world. Tell us about a new thing you've going, got going on, a new book, a new, I don't know what it is, a new reading, a new publication you're running, a contest. Um, more than happy to hear whatever it is that you have to say, as well as your poem, 646-716-7362 is the number to call in, or I believe you can click to talk via Skype or something Something ridiculously technological like that. We're going to get to our first caller in just a minute. Oh, and I want to give you this tip. Uh, You should call in earlier in the show because then you'll for sure get on. Um, I've noticed the past couple of months we've had a lot of calls coming in during the last five or ten minutes of the show. And it's not possible to put you all on if you call in at that point. And plus, I have to kind of rush through talking to you as well. So call early. Call often. No, just call once, but call early. 646-716-7362. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you what's going on in the land of Poetry Superhighway. First of all, Happy New Year. Happy 2014. It's our first reading of the year. Excited to be here doing just a regular old open reading. No special project uh, we're doing right now. We We just want to hear your poetry. Um, We do have a special project coming up, though. Starting in February, we'll launch our annual Great Poetry Exchange. This is the project where if you promise to send your book to someone else in the world, you will in turn receive a book from someone else in the world. Uh, You'll be able to sign up online starting February 1st. You just have to have a book to send, Uh, you know, a book that you've written or possibly a book that you've edited. That's fine, too. Uh, We'll publish online the list of all the participating books as they come in. And then at the end of February, you will uh, will receive an email saying, send your book to such and such. And such and such will be replaced by an address of someone somewhere else in the world, anywhere in the world. This could be Belgium, for all you know. And all you have to do is go to the post office and mail your book to that person. And that's it. And then shortly thereafter, you will also receive a book from someone somewhere else in the world. Who could it be? I don't know. But it's going to be someone. 
It's very cool. We have a lot of people who participate in this every year. It's not a contest. Anyone can participate. You just have to have, to have a book of some kind. It could be a chap book, um, you know, something that's saddle-stitched, stapled, etc. could be a, a print-on-demand book that you've uh, made yourself through one of the companies like Lulu or CreateSpace or whatever. could be a book published by a publisher. It just has to be your book that you wrote. That's it. Um, well, yeah, that's all I want to tell you right now. All right, again, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. Our first caller is someone from the 111 area code, meaning it's a blocked call. Who's on the air? Hello. Hello? Yes, hello. Yeah, are you Are you saying hello to me? I am saying hello to you. Oh, well, hello back. I, I didn't know I'm a blocked call. How do I know that? Um, I don't know. I, are you calling from a cell phone or a number where, where where the caller ID doesn't show through on the other end? Or you did you uh, click through on the I'm computer? I'm calling a regular, I think, telephone. I, I mean, uh, do I, I? Sometimes we have to dar star star eighty two. Is that is that what's missing? Well, it, it doesn't really matter. That just. Uh, um, and what a fascinating, fascinating way to begin our conversation, by the way. Um, basically, Why not? Well, I know. It, well, the way caller ID works is that, uh, you know, in my switchboard, just like when, when someone calls you, you can see who's calling on your caller ID screen. You know, right. As, right. But if, if you have caller ID disabled or not activated, then, then no one will see what your number is when they call and they don't know who's calling. Um, oh, in no, this we case, haven't activated it. Well, whatever. Who, <laughs> well, I just don't I t- want to be wrong. It's, it's okay. We're talking, and, and that's, that's the point. Who, what's your name? My name is Firestone Feinberg. Hi, Firestone Feinberg, and where are you calling from? My, my, my first name is David, but my pen name is Firestone Feinberg. That, that's my mother's name and my father's name, Firestone and Feinberg, but you can call me David. Oh, David, okay. Nice to meet you, David. Where are you calling from? From New York City. New York City. I've heard of it. Yeah, it's a, it's on the East Coast. <laughs> of of the United States, right? The United States, yes. It's uh it's a, a small town. There's there's so many wonderful places in the world. I I hope to make to the, make it to them someday. Um do you have a poem to share with us? Yeah, I do. Let's hear it. All right, I'll just uh, warn you, uh, I always have some sort of an introduction, that I rarely, rarely, rarely title my poems, but they're not called untitled either. I just just say them, uh, sort of like Emily Dickinson didn't title her poems. She just, everybody, just, you just read them? Got it. Got it? So this is so, a short. Uh, it's what? Uh, it's not called untitled, but one could say it is untitled. It is untitled, and the way we would identify it is by the fir- its first line. But I don't oh, go uh, on. Let's say the poem is called "The Clown." I don't say "The Clown" and then read a poem. I just read the poem. There, there's no "The Clown." I understand. That's uh, very similar to the way E.E. E. Cummings did it, I think. Did he do that? 
Well, most of his poems uh, are referred to by the first line. I mean, in some books, um, you know, it, it's uh, you'll see the title of the poem. You know, they've taken the first line and made that the title. I guess so. You know, when the poem, it's a new poem in the book, but it's it's essentially just the first line of the poem. Right. That's exactly what I've done, and that's the way it is with Emily Dickinson. Also, she has no titles to her poems. Cool. Well, David, let's hear it. My songs remain unheard, like footsteps in the snow. My verse, as if no word would chance be spoken. My paintings yet unseen, I care not that be so. My spirit, evergreen, Unbroken. That's very nice, David. Thank you. Thank you. So, do you, do you uh, uh, attend readings in New York City? Uh, no. I belong to a poetry group which meets once a week in our in a library. Um, once a month. I'm sorry. Once a, a month, and we read our poems to one another and uh, have a good time generally. But I, I, I don't. I have a website and as a matter of fact I have another website which uh, I just found out about you and I was very impressed with your Vai Gosh uh, reading. Oh, thank you. Know, you. Yeah, yes. I really... It really moved me. I watched it twice, and I recommended it to someone. I don't know if he listened to it, but but I certainly did. And uh, I don't know how I became aware of you. Somewhere along the line, I ended up on the poetry superhighway, even though I don't drive. And uh, <laughs> well, typical New Yorker. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can get around here without driving, and and that's, I had to true. get up. You know. uh, so, David, tell us what your uh, tell us what your websites are in case people want to check out more of your work. Well, my personal website is www.firestonefeinberg. It's like Firestone and the like the tires. That was my mother's maiden name, and Feinberg F E I N V E R G. That's F like in Frank. Right. So dot uh, com and. <laughs> I have another website that's, uh, can, that has, has a small group. Right now it's nine poets, and they each have two poems each, and they can switch them, but only keep two. It's not, it's not a large site. It's, a, it's, like, it's supposed to be something like a reading room, not an a, a overwhelmingly big site. Yeah. So that the the number the name of that is www.verse hyphen virtual dot com. Got it. I and just I posted sent, both. both. Sent, I sent that link to you, and you published it in your uh, in your site. Oh, great! Yeah, we 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 yes, and we, thank we're you very much. Uh, you're you're welcome, David. Thank you so much for calling in. 
Um, I yeah. just posted most of your links in the uh, in the chat room um, that uh, that goes along with the Blog Talk Radio station, so people can click right on them if they'd like to. And um, I, uh, good to meet you. Thank you. Yeah, for, uh, I really appreciate what you're doing. You know, I think you're you're great. I really do. Very kind of you to say. I hope you call in again. Okay, I hope to do that. All right, thank you so much. That was uh, David Firestone Feinberg from New York City uh, reading us his untitled poem, though it's, I want to be clear here, it's not called untitled. Uh, <clears throat> check him out at firestonefeinberg.com or www.verse-virtual.com. He mentioned I published the link. Well, it's one of the things we do. You may not be aware of this, but we have uh, on the Poetry Superhighway an extensive directory of poetry and writing links, and they're categorized by by individual poets' pages, uh, online publications, places that, that publish poetry, and online poetry resources, which exist more um, as publishing resources and things, publishing houses, you know, things that don't quite fit into, uh, uh, things that you might find useful as a poet, um, as opposed to specifically a place where you're going to try to get your poetry published or your own personal poetry website. And the idea behind, well, in addition to having this directory online, you can go to the Poetry Superhighway website. It's right under the links menu at the top, all the categories. You can add your own link. Um, if you run a poetry website that isn't in our directory, um, under that same links menu, there's a link that says add your link to our directory. And you can fill out the form there. And not only will it get added to the directory, but we will include that listing, all the all the new listings for that week go out in our weekly newsletter. So it's a great way uh, with live links. So your link will get mail, e emailed out to literally thousands of people. There are thousands of people on the Poetry Superhighway email list, and it's just a great way to expose you to other people and, and vice versa. So definitely add your links to our directory. Um, of course, you can just go to Google and type in poetry and see what happens, but uh, we're on only poetry things, so it's, it's a little bit more focused. Um, all right, the number to call in is 646-716-7362. Our next caller is from the 832 area code. Hold on. 832, are you there? Yes, I am. Mr. Lupert, it is a pleasure to talk to you again. Uh, you will, you may remember me from the ugly mug in Orange, California, and uh, this is Kirill Kunduraziev, the writer of the uh, Musings of a Mad Mad Macedonian and Meowsings of an Opinionated Pussycat websites. Oh yes, and I, I, I remember you well. You're reading those poems. And uh, I'm calling in today. I've listened to your show several times over the over the last couple of years or so. I've never had a time or reason to call in. And today I decided to, just on the spur of the moment, to call in because something very special happened to me today, and it's related to the poem that I wanted to share with your listeners. Uh, that sounds that sounds great. So your your name is Curiel Curiel Kunduraziev. I'm uh, I used to live in California until a year or so ago, and then I moved to Houston, Texas, and where oh. I'm sort of starting fresh, and uh, in, not just in my personal life, but my creative life as well has taken a few turns since then. 
and uh, and everything. Wow, that's interesting. What um, uh, uh, is there a poetry scene in Houston? Yes, there is, and, but uh, it's it's sort of kind of hard to uh, find online resources to sort of tell you where all the open mics are. I've sort of put uh, put together a small list of of what open mix I can find, though I haven't had a chance to go and visit them. They have a um, several poetry uh, organizations uh, in the area. Um, there um, are um, several annual events, and uh, the city of Houston just recently, um, last year, uh, named uh, their first uh, poet laureate. And she, um, in connection with the Houston Library, uh, has been doing um, a lot, uh, various things to try and get the community more interested and involved in, in discovering its poetic side. I even went to, uh, and spent, she had a four-week series, uh, sort of an introductory to poetry and poetry form thing at the library where uh, maybe I'd say maybe about ten or fifteen people uh, came in on a regular basis uh, during the four week series and sat in and uh, learned a lot about poetry. And so I'm still discovering a lot about what's going on in the poetry scene here. Well, I'm so glad that uh, that that the, there's a rich scene going on and that it's that it's so rich that it's taking a while to discover all of it. Um, I, you know, coming from a place like Southern California, as you did, and and in particular, I know the the Ugly Mug reading is is you know a tight community, and it's it's uh, legendary. I'm sure you miss it. Yeah, so I'm sure you miss it, and it's um and and it's I'm I'm so glad you you fell into a whole other uh, whole other community. Oh yes, and it's just a matter of of uh, because because their events are in the evenings, and most of my work time uh, work schedule is in the evenings. I got to find events that are taking place. I'm get lucky, you know, a day off matches right. a uh, an open mic reading, and then I'll be I'll be right down there. <laughs> well, I hope you find one. Um, do, let's hear your poem. Well, the poem is, is actually the first one I ever wrote about ten years ago. And um, I was lucky, I was honored enough to have it uh, published today in, a, uh, in an online magazine. Uh, and it's the first time I've ever had anything published like that. And uh, it is called The Dandy Fossil Thistlewig. There never was a weed so odd. Oops, hold on, my, my fault here. There never was a weed so odd, so pretty, and so big as the curious plant called the dandy fossil thistlewig. There it was by itself, where a patch of dirt, surrounded by fencing, as if in a brig, the lonesome dandy fossil thistlewig. With a stem round and sturdy and a skin coarse and wrinkly, it rose toward the heavens. What others thought it gave not a fig, this proud dandy fossil thistlewig. It began as a seedling dropped by a bird, its natural instinct subverted by a cat pea interred. Spring roots sprouted and began to dig. Thus did the new kid on the block, the dandy fossil thistlewig. Yellow at birth, green in its youth, it gave off a smell that was most uncouth. 
but as the seasons changed and it climbed to the sky, indications were seen that this was no mere twig, the budding dandy fossil thistlewig. A triangle-shaped flower emerged at the top, its color that of long-curdled slop. One had to wonder why God gave it this gig, the weird-looking dandy fossil thistlewig. Then came the fruit, all blue and white spotted. About its benefits, the scientists became besotted. Beautiful and tasty, past opinions were soon judged hasty, as it was discovered to be the cure for a prig, a glorious freak of nature, the dandy fossil thistlewig. I must say thank you to Molly Smith of fictitiousmagazine.blogspot.com for publishing this poem and a small short story of mine today. It was an honor for her to have my piece uh, published there. Just it is an honor for me to to have the opportunity to to share my poem with your audience, sir. Uh, well, the honor is mine, Kirill. Thank you so much for for calling in. Uh, do you have a website or anything people can check out? Yes, they interested? are both they are both listed on your uh, on your website in your directory, and uh, have long been done so. Uh, Musings of a Mad Macedonian, which is madmacedonian.com, and the Opinionated Pussycat, which is opinionatedpussycat.com. My original muse, Mr. Nikita, my 15-year-old Maine Coon, passed away last October. Uh, I'm sorry and, to hear that. Yeah, thank you. And his protege, Miss Elvira, continues doing the blog, and we actually rescued a little kitten, a Miss Sneakers, that is going to be taking her place as a creative muse of mine on this blog. As I tell people, my cats do all the writing. I'm just their official research assistant and photographer. <laughs> well, Curiel, so nice to, uh, to, to hear from you again. Um, best of luck to you in Houston, and please call in again. Thank you very, very much. Take care. You too. <laughs> that was um, – well, you heard his name twice. I'm not going to try to pronounce it again. His first name is Curiel. Uh, check him out at madmacedonian.com. Former Southern California resident uh, referred to the Ugly Mug Reading, which is a, a weekly reading that happens every Wednesday night in uh, the city of Orange at the Ugly Mug Cafe, uh, 8 o'clock p.m., hosted by Ben, Trigg, and Steve Ramirez. It's been going on for, gosh, maybe 15 years now or so. It's a great spot, um, uh, well-hosted and organized by those two. Um, and a cute little town to get out to if you're in Southern California on a Wednesday. It's good. It's a good idea to check it out. The number for you to call in is 646-716-7362. Plenty of time for you to get your poem on the air and tell us about your website and what's going on in your poetry world. We've got about 36 minutes left in the show or so. Our next caller is from the 415 area code. Hello. Hello. Hi, who's this? Uh, my name's Yuris Ahn, and, uh, and I'm from 415. I spent 25 years in Northern California, but I'm actually living now in Binghamton, New York. Oh. You know, that's, it's, it, this has nothing to do with poetry exactly, but it's, it's sort of an interesting phenomenon since cell phones that we don't really have long distance calls anymore you know exactly. it's not it's not it's not where you're calling it's 
it's how many minutes you use. And so, you know, seeing the number 415 doesn't necessarily mean that you're in the San Francisco Bay Area anymore. It just means that you, you might have been at one time. Exactly. Um, what a world actually, we live in. Exactly. And actually, I heard about you guys um, because I attended, I lived down in uh, Atwater Village for three months and was looking desperately for a poetry scene. And uh, a friend and I, who's also an excellent poet, came and went to, uh, read at the uh, Cobalt. Um, oh, wow. For, yeah, on like, Tuesday night, let's see, in 2000. And, Oh, how long have I been here? A year and a half. So 2012, that have been spring of 2012, around March or something like that. That's so cool. Yeah, the Cobalt is the, is the reading I host every week on Tuesday nights. Um, yep. Uh, uh, just moved to 8 o'clock. It, it was 9 o'clock for 20 years, and just as of last week, we moved it to 8 o'clock, in case anyone's listening uh, who who doesn't know that yet. Um, we actually had a couple people last week show up at 9 o'clock, didn't get the word, so we're yeah. trying to tell that to as many people as possible. Uh, Bing, and, for I, those I actually... who, and for those who are in the area who are looking for a really good poetry scene outside of Venice Beach, um, but that that was an amazing reading. And coming from San Francisco, where there's pretty much an amazing reading every night, I was really happy to find uh, such a active poetry group and from so many different ages as well. And I mean, that's, in terms of generations, interestingly, in, in, in California, it seems to be more 20 to, I want to say 35. I'm, I'm, I'm way on the older edge. And there's a few older poets and people have been reading for years and years and years. For a lot of the open mics, you know, there, it seems to be a particular younger age group. And uh, it was really nice to see, you know, people from the age of 18 to, I think, uh, someone was saying that it was their 80th birthday. So, you know, that was really gratifying as well. Yeah, it's cool. You know, it's. I, I guess it depends on where you go to. I mean, certain readings probably have, you know, their regulars. The Cobalt in particular has a really wide-ranging and exactly. rotating cast of regulars um, of literally all ages from high school to to the you know the very senior and on any given week i mean you you went on one particular week and and the people who were there were there it's it's certainly possible and undoubtedly probable that the next week it was a completely different group of people i mean that's sort of the nature of this particular reading it's a rotating cast of regulars um but i'm so glad you had a good experience and yeah. um and that's cool do you have a poem for us yeah, i do um, a little bit longer than what's been read here, but it shouldn't be take more than a few minutes. Um, all right. It's called Tropism, Solstice 2013. I struggled to sit today and gave up, believing in sympathetic magic. The monk who abandoned his practice and finally after long struggle gets it, makes my fight noble in the ongoing drama we call our lives. I struggled to sit today and I know giving up is an illusion, part of the unfolding. What was never lost can never be found, and the crows are loud and they're conferring. I struggle to sit today, never having been drawn to birds. I'm surprised at how often they appear in my poetry. They seem to shout from every flowered corner, drawing the myriad directions with a certainty my oracle-infested brain. I struggle to sit today, 
cannot clarify how I was filled with stories of plant intelligence, the battles of friends with life-altering death, the crash of the living nervous system happening on a scale never dreamed, but certainly hinted at in localized apocalypses. Did we care about Caesar's destruction or the Mayan civilization crumbling in micro, what we now recreate in macro, what we, and the billions of others who explain their beginnings by defining and categorizing their ends? I struggled to sit today, and my therapist asked, what do you mean by a legacy? We are so easily confused now, conflating Dogen and Joyce, the likes of Trump and Murdoch, the former tried to wake from history, the later reshape it to their own mad ends. I struggled to sit today. It's a season of solstice and Yule, informative stories about the return of the light and people we strive with to pass through the long winter's night, and I'm grateful for those who remind me. Christ just gets in the way, and the avowed atheists who smile warmly when I say Merry Christmas don't need to explain the night I played Scrooge and denied three times the return of his son making a point, selfish, 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 that the story still happens, even without any belief, but with the faith that it is all part of the same. I struggled to sit today. I remembered one of my teachers, after listening to me go on and on and on about my worries, saying, this is enlightenment. Your life and your goal are the same. And my friend, who would hide this entire season in fear of the death that it brings, and in all fairness, reflecting the ones we had lost and how she taught me being the star of your own life is a thing. And so I got it, so I got it backwards. So I struggled to sit today, wanting to be all the birds, to be my cigarette, to be the years of my daughter, um, to be the last years of my daughter, to be my own story. And our teacher said, what do you mean, sit badly? And we laughed and laughed and laughed. And so I want to extend this greeting. Despite our best efforts, the light returns. It never went away. It never was lost. You are sitting right now. We don't practice to become. We practice because we are. And all of this and all of this and all of this is calling us home. Wow, Eurus, thanks. That wasn't, uh, that wasn't unbearably long at all. Well, good. <laughs> um, nicely read. Well done. Um, uh, let, let me ask you a question. Do you, is is are you? Do you find in Binghamton that you you have places that you can go to to read poetry? I do, and I really haven't taken advantage of them. There's uh, a few regular events. The sort of biggest one, which isn't very big, well, it's pretty sparsely attended, um, is at the River Reed, and uh, I, I I went twice. And I always met fantastic people and met some really good poets. But it's it's far more um, sort of insular. There's a lot of – I keep discovering that there are excellent poets um, all over this area, but they <clears throat> tend to go directly to, the, to being published or they submit to magazines. And they don't waste years just posting online and <laughs> – Doing things to really try to get out and, and uh, you know, and not to say that posting online, which I do a lot of, is a, is you know a waste of time or anything. But they really do seem to sort of get to the point of publishing and, and you know, the old school tradition of, of paper to you know distribution kind of deal. Right. Well, that's uh, that's great. Well, um, I'm I'm so glad to, uh, to to remake your acquaintance here on Poetry oh, Superhighway yeah. Live, and um, and uh, best of luck to you in, in Binghamton, and I hope you call in again. Thank you. I will. 
take care. All right. Oh, oh, one more question. Do you have a website or anything people can check out? Uh, if well, um, yes. I have a personal website. There's not much poetry on there, but that will probably change. It's integralvoodoo.com. And um, I highly recommend I, I post regularly, and so do, uh, so do some excellent, excellent poets. It's more of a poetry forum where people get feedback, uh, but it's also more of a, it's also a showcase. That was the intention of the creator. So I highly recommend people check out poetrymagnumopus.com. That's all one running word, poetry magnum opus. And... Uh, it's uh, the, the community's been a little quieter lately, but um, I am stunned with uh, some of the quality of poetry, both internationally and all over the United States, from you know Austin to New York to Massachusetts, all over the United States. So it's a it's a really nice uh, for me. It's a really good forum. That's where I post a lot of my stuff before I try to maybe go out and submit it or put it someplace else. And I do have a poetry book, and it's called uh, Keeping Up with Small Things which is uh, hmm. uh, published by Invisible College Press. But anyhow, that's, you, you can look that up if they're interested. Cool. Invisible College Press. That's I suddenly want to you know, re-enroll in college and just, just to figure out what, what kind of college is invisible. Um, <laughs> I, I guess that's the college that Wonder Woman attended. Uh, she had an invisible exactly. plane, as I recall. Wonder, Wonder Woman attended and Newton and everybody else. All right. <laughs> So fantastic. fantastic. Um, have a great evening, and I will definitely call back again. Thank you. Thank you, Uris. That was uh, Uris calling from Binghamton, New York, telling us about uh, uh, his world there and, and what he's involved in online. So so good to hear you. The number for you to call in is 646-716-7362. We've got a little bit less than a half an hour in the show. Plenty of time for, uh, for uh, many more of you to call in and share your work. Um, all right, uh, let's see. We're going to get to our next caller right now. Someone from the 818 area code. Hi. Hello. Hi. Who's this? Ivan, Dry- Ivan Dreyer here. Oh, hi, Ivan. How you doing? Pretty fair. Been sick for much of December, celebrating the holidays that way, but I'm feeling better now. Thank you. Well, that's not a fun way to celebrate what should be a more relaxing time for people. No. But it's a new year, new opportunities. Indeed. Well, I'm glad you're feeling better and and good to hear your voice. Yeah, let's hear your poem. I have a very short poem, by contrast. A very old poem, a very old-fashioned format. It's a modified sonnet form. It's entitled Winter Morning with You. Beside a stream where rocks make ripples crest, I overhear its water prayer to sun and wonder if it hadn't worshipped best at rest in winter before summer's run. In temples built of pillared icicles that night and winter chill to tree would raise, by Christmas light and snowfire oracles, the sacred stream sang hymns of silent praise. Now in the trinity of raging tree-light green, the plummeting blue downpour of sky Gold imaged by a shaft of sun, there lie rocks whirling water in the singing stream. I remember dead December's liturgy when I set them in a diamond rosary. Dead December's liturgy. 
Is that a is that a reference to something specific? Only in the context of the uh, the religious motif of the metaphorical motif of the poem. That the, the liturgy, the the way of expressing the, uh, the the being of the rocks was in that uh, context. Got it. Well, that was very nice, Ivan. Thank you. You know, that was written when I was living in Flagstaff, Arizona, in the early 1960s, and spending much of my off hours in Oak Creek Canyon. And I took a photo there, and it was based on that poem, uh, based on that photo that I was inspired to write this poem. That's interesting. Does that does that count as an ekphrastic poem, then, in that sense, since it was a uh, a poem after the photograph? Um, the photograph as a work of art, or is it not because it's it, it's really the photograph is is just a memory of the actual experience that, or the thing that you saw? I think perhaps it does, uh, in that the photograph has the elements that I mentioned: the the green, the blue of the sky, and the gold, all the appeared in that photo. <coughs> hmm. Cool. Well, so you've sort of written uh, a poem that has uh, a double uh, a form, in, in a sense. I suppose so. Well, cool. Well, Ivan, great to hear it. Anything, uh, anything going on in your poetry world you want to share with us? Oh, not very much, really. I, I haven't uh, had much time for it lately, and uh, I don't have a, a, a blog or anything that uh, I can... Uh, point to, but uh, someday I've got to do that. Uh, I've just got to catch up with Facebook, for one thing. <laughs> Indeed. Well, just to, you know, I, kn- I know you live here in the Valley, and we the Cobalt reading just moved to 8 o'clock, making it all the more accessible. Uh, so I'd love for you to come down and, and read something in the open mic sometime. I would love to do that. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, uh, Mr. Dreyer, thank you so much for calling back in. You're very welcome. Take care. You too. That was uh, Ivan Dreyer calling from Northridge, California, um, a repeat offender here on on Poetry Superhighway uh, Live. Uh, the number for you to call in, ladies and gentlemen, is area code 646-716-7362. I'm quite confident if you call in that we'll be able to get you on the, uh, on the air at this point. Don't wait too long, though, because it uh, can get rather crowded at the end, and I hate, uh, I hate to get through the show without having gotten to everyone. Um, all right. Moving along, our next caller is from the three two three area code. Hello. Hey, Rick. It's Jay the Salvo. How are you? Hey, Jay. I'm good, thanks. Another person that's throwing yeah, me off. calling from Oakland. You know, yeah, I think we <laughs> we've been, we've been over this or, or whatever in detail, but yeah, I'm uh, I'm calling from my house in Oakland. Well, I guess we don't have to cover it again, but uh, you know, that's. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know what to say about this. These, this whole phone number thing is just it's uh, destroying my perception of how the world works. I hear you. You know, uh, it's mainly just business card related, and also just the fear. Uh, this is my wife's phone. You know that some people might not be able to contact us someday if they needed to, or something like that. So. It's a legitimate fear. Uh, yeah, I think so. Do you, do you <laughs> By the way, congratulations on the uh, the distinguished service uh, honor from Beyond Baroque. Uh, that's uh, 
excellent, and if anyone uh, deserves it, it's definitely you. So I just wanted to congratulate you on that. Thank you very much. Yeah, it's it's quite an honor. I love the way you phrase that. If anyone deserves it, you know, as if you know, it's quite possible no one does. <laughs> you know? But um, I know that's not what you meant. Yeah, it's um, for the for people who I, I didn't haven't mentioned that on the air, but uh, uh, there's an institution here in Southern California called Beyond Baroque, which is um, I think kind of the literary centerpiece of, of of LA. It's it's a dedicated literary organization with a facility that does readings and workshops um, uh, every day throughout the month. Um, they've been around for something like 45 years, um, and they give out um, they give out a couple of awards every year uh, to to poets. One is the Distinguished Service Award, which is what I'm going to be. Uh, awarded with uh, at the event on April 6th, and the other is the uh, George Drury Smith Award, he, um, named after the founder of Beyond Baroque, given to uh, typically someone who's been involved with poetry for a long, long time and has had quite a bit of accomplishments um, uh, through their uh, through their work, through their actual creative output. Um, uh, and Bill Moore is getting that award this year, and he's he's someone who's been on the lips of of everyone I've I've really encountered in in poetry since I since I became involved with poetry in LA. So I'm very excited. It's a it's a big deal. Thank you for uh, thank you for bringing that up. Absolutely, uh, you've been doing uh, all these things that you do that I'm sure you know your listeners are probably. Well, to some degree, for for quite a while. And the, uh, the cobalt reading, I really just can't think of another one that I, you know, I've been going there since I was twelve or thirteen or something like that. So, yeah. And you were still taller than me at the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, it's some, some kind of uh, freakish thing, but yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know what happened there. But uh, yeah. Um, gosh. Well, um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Where do we go from here? Well, there's so many possibilities. I, I don't know if you're, you're aware of this, but the Cobalt actually might be closing. Really? Wow. Uh, what, what, <laughs> what? What? What's up with that? Uh, tell me some yeah, more about that. No, I wasn't aware of that at all. Uh, Dave's having some kind of problem or something there? Or? Yeah, the, the owner of the Cobalt, Dave, um, makes his money um, not on poetry night, believe it or not. Uh, the poetry dollars <laughs> are, are kind of slim pickings. He's, he's um, given the Cobalt to the poetry community for free, basically, every, every week for over 20 years. So, Dave, the, the Cobalt is a, is a venue that makes its money on the other nights of the week when they book bands and charge, and charge admission. Um, it's an all-ages venue. Uh, yeah, I've been in several bands that have played there, and uh, you know, meat has been thrown and other horrible things. <laughs> God, thank God I wasn't there for for the meat throwing. But um, anyway, um, you know, it, it it hasn't been that great for him this past year, and he's he was on the verge of closing at the end of 2013. But um, some of the community, in particular, some of the people who have played there over the years, kind of rallied around him and business picked up a bit and so he extended it through the end of February um to see how it's going so um so I don't know you know it's um it's either going to keep going or it's going to close um it's not for sure uh yet um, and and hopefully hopefully it won't because I don't know what the hell I'd do on a Tuesday night if not go to the cobalt to host the reading but um 
but it but that's that's where it is right now. It's it's in danger of closing because it's not making money after after over 20 years of of doing so. Wow, that's you know that's kind of uh, unimaginable. I mean, that is very much the way of things in LA and everywhere else lately. Uh, lots of changes, but hard hard to imagine. I was just down in LA actually to do a radio show, and I uh, you know was there on a like Sunday, Monday, Tuesday or something, and I started stopping by. Uh, thought of stopping by rather. I guess I had just had this uh, you know maybe perhaps rather naive notion that it would just last forever. But I, I hope there can be a uh, some kind of fix for that. That would be really unfortunate if that venue went away. Yeah, I mean, I was hoping to take the reading to my grave, you know, and still so, so, sort of host, you know, after I died on a Tuesday night. So, but it's it's quite possible that um, that it, that it won't be won't be going on. But we'll see. Um, cross your fingers if that's the kind of thing you do, and uh, and and uh, we'll keep you up to date. Do you have a poem to share with us? Um, I do. Um, also, uh, you know, I, I maybe wanted to mention a couple things that are going on up here in the Bay Area. Um, we just put out a book by A.D. Winans, uh, who is, you know, a fairly well-known poet. Uh, we're actually putting out a book of short stories by him. Um, uh, actually, the, you know, the, the limited edition that we put out has been banned from Amazon, and there's this whole thing, but I don't want to go into all the details of that because it'll take too long. Uh, but we have another edition that will be available on Amazon. Uh, this, by the way, is through uh, the Pedestrian Press, which is the uh, small press arm of uh, the Bicycle Review, which is a uh, magazine, as anyone listening uh, may or may not know, I've been doing for a long time online, and now it's come out in print the last three issues. Um, in any case, on January 19th at the Emerald Tablet, which is an art gallery in North Beach, we're doing a uh, release uh, party for the book and also for uh, another book of poems, a chapbook by uh, a gentleman named uh, John Dominey, uh, originally from Manhattan, now lives in Iowa, who is um, much better known for some novels he's written, uh, like on Red Hand Press, like Talking Head 77 and Earthquake ID, but uh, has never had a chance to get a book of poetry out. So two kind of very well-known people coming out uh, doing something that they're not well-known for, basically. And that's going to be at the Emerald Tablet in North Beach on January 19th. It's right there in the heart of uh, Little Italy and all the beatnik tourist spots and all that stuff. It's on 80 Fresno Street uh, off Columbus going to start around 7, and we're going to have limited edition uh, signed numbered copies for people if they want them. So there's that. That's so cool. I, I I know you don't want to get into the whole details, but the whole concept of a book being banned from Amazon, can you give us any indication, what, what you know, a, a snippet of, of what that's about? Well, um, the story is, um, I don't want to call it erotica, but... Um, it's called In the Pink, and sex is definitely a topic of it. And uh, my wife, uh, Rita, does all the cover art for the books that we publish. Um, you know, she's a pretty accomplished oil painter and also, you know, commercial sign artist who does a lot of work up here in the Bay Area and also has done a bunch down in L.A. Um, so, uh, you know, the issue basically was that um, there was a drawing of a vagina on the cover, and... Uh, 
I got this email from them that, you know, it was not going to be accepted, that it had been suppressed was the way that they put it. I, I don't know why they chose that word. It seems like they could have chosen something that would made that would have made them look a little better. But in any case, that's what happened. Man, I, um, I'm reminded of uh, the second edition of the James Addiction cover, Ritual de lo Habitual, which um, the, the original edition, you know, uh, which is really the only one you can find these days, featured, you know, artwork of, of three naked people, basically, and it was banned from right, a lot of records. Nikolai, who was, you know, uh, Perry Farrell's partner at the time as well, yeah. Right, and... Um, and and so in order to get it in into into all the stores, they released a second edition, which which just had the First Amendment on the uh, on the cover. Was the First Amendment the Freedom of Speech Amendment, whatever whatever it was? Um, so that's right. sort of a limit, limited uh, edition. Article version. Article One or something like that. You know. Yeah. Uh, well, should have paid more more attention, but I never did. <sighs> Well, that's a, that's a, that's a story to tell, and that 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 can only be good for the book, as far as I'm concerned. That that happened. Um, uh, the whole edition has almost sold out already, and you know we haven't even gotten it signed in numbers. So I mean, yeah, it's been good in that sense, and that you know, and there may be some attention in the Chronicle up here uh, and some other places. But yeah, it is, it is kind of a weird because the drawing is certainly not pornography it's not intended to you know for people to masturbate to or anything like that it's just a drawing but yeah in any case it's uh yeah it's a little weird uh that that happened well you 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 never know what people are going to masturbate to yeah you can't can't put that kind of limit on something you know what i'm saying yeah even there it gets a little vague but even i'm more referring to i guess like you know there was the uh the Ulysses trial and the Naked Lunch trial and the Lenny Bruce trials. And, uh, you know, I kind of figured, I thought maybe a while ago that, at least from a legal standpoint, it was established that if something was not for prurient interest, then it couldn't be considered obscene. But, I, you know, Amazon, on the one hand, is a private company and they can do whatever they want. On the other hand, they are the world's largest book retailer and the way that most people buy books now. So it brings up some interesting issues. Um, you may be able to... Uh, get something into the Chronicle about this in a column, but I don't want to say who or what because it's really not, you know, 100% confirmed yet, so. Right. Well, there it is. That's that's interesting. Thanks for letting us know about that. Um, and much success uh, to uh, to the new book um, uh, or to, to AD and to you uh, regarding the new book. Let's, let's hear your poem. Uh, my poem, which um, I also have a book coming out on Leaf Garden Press, which is, this poem is in that book. The book's called uh, The End of Ambition. It's um, selected poems 2002 to 2013, you know, mainly because it just took me that long to write enough poems for <laughs> a good book. Um, and then... Um, there's, uh, again, I, you know, I, I feel, as I've been listening, I, I felt like there's going to be a lot of repetition here, so I'm just going to say that you know, this poem has a title, and the title is the first line. So it's called The Moon Walked In, and said, stop right there. It said, I am so sick of having poems written about me. Do you people think that's all I'm good for? How about gravity? Like that? I could see that 
the moon had been drinking, that it was pointless to interrupt. I let it rant on and on until it had finished. Finally, when it had spent its bile, I said, I guess you're out of luck, because I am sure as shit going to write a poem about this. <clears throat> That's awesome. Thank you, Rick. That, um, yeah, yeah, I feel like maybe I've, I've come kind of heavy and dark on your program in the past, so I wanted to uh, maybe come with something <laughs> a little lighter this time. You know, it's it's lighter... Um, you know, in one sense, on the other sense, you know, I, you know, it, it might as well, it might scare the hell out of us next time we're outside at night, you know. <laughs> well, there's a line between uh, tragedy and comedy and all that, you know, we could go on, surely. Sure. Well, um, well, Jay, thanks for calling in. Thanks for all the updates and uh, looking forward to talking with you again. Oh, can I mention one more thing before before we go? Sure. That's what I mentioned mainly for people that are up here, and especially if they're in the Bay and they're listeners of the show, that um, Paul Corman Roberts and I have been doing a series at the Store Club. Like, it's mainly his series. I've hosted it for him once, and now I'm helping him with booking a little bit. And Rick is actually going to be coming up and reading. I believe that's March 9th, Sunday. Uh, that's at the Store Club here in Oakland, which is in the East Bay. I think a lot more people have heard of it recently for various reasons. But... Uh, um, and S.J. Cruz is also going to be reading from his novel, The Flowers Won't Die, that we're putting out, and I'll be reading from my new book, and it's free, and uh, that's about it. Uh, you can make that on March 9th in Oakland, Historic Club. Rick is going to be there reading, and uh, really, um, you know, if you've never actually, uh, if you're, you know, letting everyone else read most of the time, if you've never seen him read, it's, uh, it's very good. He's very good at what he does. Very funny, very entertaining, and uh, you will most likely enjoy it unless there's something wrong, very, very wrong with you. <laughs> well, that's a lot of pressure for me to put something good together in the next couple of months. But uh, thank you. I'm looking forward to coming up there and reading. All right. Well, thanks, Rick. All right. Take it easy. Uh, you- uh, it's uh, Jay DeSalvo calling from uh, Northern California, calling from Oakland. Um, uh, runs the BicycleReview.net and the pedestrian press, you can check it out online. The good starting point there is uh, thebicyclereview.net. Um, didn't know the books were in print now. The Bicycle Review is not just an online uh, thing now. It's also books in print. Very cool. I'm going to try to squeeze in our next couple of callers with a few minutes we have left. Our, our next caller is from the 765 area code. Hello. Hello, Rick. Hi. Hey, Rick. Yeah. Yeah, this is Welby Cox calling from Richmond, Indiana. Hey, Welby. How you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Um, t- w- tell me where in Indiana again one more time? Uh, Richmond, Indiana. Richmond, okay. Uh, it's about 70 miles east of uh, Indianapolis. Got it. I was just in Richmond, Virginia over the summer, so I, I got a little confused there. Um, uh, no, but cool, uh, Richmond, Virginia is a much nicer place. <laughs> I'll keep that in mind um, if I have to make a choice in the future. Um, let's hear your poem. Okay, this is called The Jock. 112 pounds holding back a thousand. Spitting muscle from the gates. They send their mounts arousing. Down the backside, whips a flashing. Tongues lashing. Jock's vying for position. Man and beast in concert. Combine their skills and concentration. 
And as they go, they spend their thrills, send their chills, and return either joy or aggravation, sometimes deliberate, most often not these minute men who risk their lives, betray their health, salve their wounds and paper wealth, or worse, spend their days in forgotten glory, a beast they rode to perfect story, for on their day they surpass the deeds of legendary idols astride a steed. Nice job, Welby. Thanks for calling back in. Okay. Thank you so much, Rick. A website or something people can check out really quickly? Uh, asked too late. All right. going to try to squeeze in one more caller. Um, let's see. 310 area code. Hi. Hi, Rick. It's Peggy Dobreer. Hi, Peggy. How are you? I'm good. How are you? <laughs> Sounds good. I'm good. Getting excited a- about uh, dancing tonight at Gatsby's in Long Beach. And um, it's also my, my mom's birthday today. And so uh, I thought I might read a poem to my mom, which I, I won't get to do tonight. Cool. I've got like two and a half minutes. Can you fit it into a portion of that time? I think so. I'll skip the epigraph. It's called Long Lost Love, Good Night, and it uh, came from a prompt from Amelie Frank. Cool. Long Lost Love. Let your mind roll down hills back to when we were boy and girl walking to school in the suburbs. How I said no thanks when you offered to carry my books. How Mother always said a boy who wants to carry your books is not necessarily a gentleman. Learn to carry your own damn books. Mother was a trucker during the war, made ends meet. That's what was needed, that's what she did. Said she had to curse like a sailor to survive with father overseas. Beneath the surface of every hair in place, she was as tough as an 18-wheeler with a bad handle, screeching over the airwaves. This is hat model number one, signing on from Frontage Road. I'm at the Astro Cafe at the Interchange. Roadrunner, do you read me? Roadrunner 99, come in, please. This is your hat model number one. Come in, please. Over. Wow, that was great. I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, I like that quite a bit. Um, Peggy, thank you so much for calling in. I'm, I'm, uh, uh, You're rushing, out. and I'll talk to you later. All right. Good to hear your voice. <laughs> Call in again. Okay, have a great day. All right, you Bye. too. Bye. That was, uh, that was Peggy Dior-Breer from here in, in Southern California. Um, I want to thank everyone for uh, filling up today's show with poetry. Um, we had callers from New York City, Houston, Texas, Binghamton, New York, Northridge, California, Oakland, California, Richmond, Indiana, and uh, finished up here in, in L.A. Good luck with your reading tonight, Peggy, uh, at uh, – uh, I'm, I'm sorry, your dancing at the uh, reading, which is happening at the uh, Gatsby Books in uh, Long Beach. That's a great little venue and a great uh, independent bookstore. Our next uh, Poetry Superhighway Live 
open reading is going to be on Sunday, February 2nd, just three weeks from uh, today, 2 o'clock p.m. as usual. Uh, watch for an announcement ahead of time for the next Great Poetry Exchange. Get on the Poetry Superhighway email list if you want to be kept up to date about all that stuff or join our Facebook group. My name is Rick Lupert. It's been so great uh, having you all listening and reading poetry today. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday. <laughs>